Thank you for downloading the weekly sermon from Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. To find more great content, please check out our website at trinityreformed.org. Enjoy the sermon. Well, we're preaching through the Lord's Prayer, and I want to read the Lord's Prayer in little verses before and after. So follow along or listen. This is Matthew 6, starting in verse 7. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. This is the word of the Lord. And so there's a, there's a common acronym um, that people use when we think about uh, how to pray and the kinds of things that we should include in our prayers. I'm sure that many of you have heard of it. It's the acronym ACTS, so A-C-T-S, like the book of Acts, A-C-T-S. And that acronym is, is to help us think about the kinds of things we should pray, that should be inside our prayers, right? And so the A stands for adoration, and the C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and then S, supplication. And those are good things to think about when we pray. You see all of those things in a lot of the prayers in the Bible, especially in the Psalms. You see all of those things. But I want to point out to us that this prayer is all S. It's all supplication. It's all petition or asking. Every part of it except the first line, our Father in heaven, which is who we're talking to, who we're asking. Every part of it is, is, a, is a request. They're, they're petitions. Even the first petition is a petition. Hallowed be your name. That's not a statement of fact so much. It's a, it's a request. Would, would you hallow your name? Would your name be praised? Would you exalt your name? It's, it's asking God to do something. So prayer certainly is adoring God, confessing our sins, being thankful. But at the very heart of it, according to Jesus, prayer is asking. Notice the, the order and the direction of this prayer that Jesus gives us. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how far we've gotten so far in, in going through this. All of that is what? It's like this cosmic, God-centered petitions. These are all petitions, but they're focused on God and his kingdom and his will being done. And then it changes right here. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil. And so 
big cosmic God-centered petitions and then we're asking, Jesus tells us to ask specific things for ourselves, right? But look at what this first um, petition is that has to do with us. The first personal request does not have to do with our souls or our spiritual condition or our obedience to God. The first personal request has to do with what? Has to do with our bodies. Give us this day our daily bread. But how do we how do we tend to think about prayer? We tend to have the struggle, I know I do, when I go to pray, between my physical needs and my spiritual needs, right? Now think about this, books and sermons and devotionals on prayer, in some ways you could say tend to over-spiritualize prayer. They tend to make us feel bad and unspiritual and, and immature for doing what? Well, for praying for our physical needs. It's like, if you're gonna pray, here's, what, here's how it goes. You know, those things should be way, 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 way down on the list somewhere. Maybe. Stop praying for silly things, you know, like Aunt Betty's bad leg. Stop praying about your house selling, your car running, your pipes leaking. You're being worldly when you pray like that. You need to pray for spiritual things. But look here. Give us this day our daily bread. Are we more spiritual than our Lord Jesus? Do we understand prayer better than him? So where does that idea come from? Where do we get this idea that it's better to pray for spiritual things than it is to pray for physical things? Well, it's just that old, worn-out, um, pagan idea that spiritual equals good and physical equals bad. And throughout history, people have had this idea. People still have this idea. And it usually plays out in a, one of a couple of ways, right? Some people who assume that spiritual equals good and physical equals bad turn that into a lawless, licentious, loose, lustful approach to life where everything is about the body. If the body is always bad, no matter what, then why bother trying to restrain it? Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. Um, and that applies to every other part of our bodies in this way of thinking. It's no matter what you do, it's bad, so don't worry about it. Do whatever. Other people who assume that spiritual equals good and physical equals bad go the other direction. They're harsh with their body. And so they live by, by man-made rules, what, what the Apostle Paul in, in Colossians 2 calls man-made rules, right? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. And they fantasize about being hermits, living away from the comforts of life, because be, that's, that's what it would be to be spiritual. That's more spiritual. 
That's reflected in their prayers. And they, maybe you felt this sometimes, they, they judge you for praying about physical things. And so think about it. Do you ever feel guilty for praying about your money? Do you ever feel guilty for praying for your health or the health of others? I mean, right now, that's a big part of our prayers, isn't it? Do you ever feel guilty for praying for your house or your car or your job? Well, again, are you more spiritual than Jesus? Jesus says, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. And in the order of things, he puts that before what? Forgive us, lead us not into temptation. So yes, pray for your physical needs. Don't feel guilty for that. Don't feel somehow less spiritual for that. We need to pray for ourselves and for one another. You live in a body. God made your body. God made your body, not Satan. God made this physical world and everything in it. God made it so that you have to eat. And this is not a result of sin. It's a result of being mortal. It's a result of being flesh and blood. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he surrounded them with what? With food. And told them to enjoy it and to eat it. God says, this is good. And so think of all the ways that we're dependent on God. Think of how many of them are physical. How many of the ways that we're dependent on God are just physical? From the very beginning of our life, we are God himself causes us to be conceived in our mother's womb. That's physical. He knits us together in our mother's womb and whatever, with whatever perfections and defects that he sees fit. He gives us our first breath. He determines what family we're born into. He determines where and when we live. The numbers of the, of the hair on our head. He feeds us. He clothes us. He determines the number of our days. Acts 17.25, the Apostle Paul says, He himself, God himself, gives to all people life and breath and what? All things. This comes from God. All of it comes from God. And so what else should we do but pray to him for these things? How can we, how can we possibly see that as unspiritual? Right? Do we believe the Bible or don't we? Do we believe that all things come from him or do we not? If we don't believe that all things come from him, then we won't pray and ask him. Give us a stay or daily bread. James says in James 1, every good thing given, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, God richly supplies us with all things 
to enjoy. And so, if God is the source of all these things, are we somehow more spiritual when we refuse to ask him? Somehow more humble? No. Even the apostles pray for this kind of stuff. Shouldn't surprise us. John, in 3 John, I know we all don't know 3 John very well. 3 John verse 2, the apostle John says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul also prospers. This is not unspiritual to pray for that. So think about your life. Are you ever anxious about your money? I think many of us are anxious for our money. Think about your car, your health, your house, your job. What are we supposed to do when we feel the anxieties of life in this world? What are we supposed to do? Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul, in verses 6 and 7, here's what he says. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, in everything that you feel anxious about. There are all kinds of things for us to feel anxious about right now. Our jobs, our health, our money, our relatives, the economy, all that stuff. All kinds of things to feel anxious about. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer, supplication, and requests. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what we are supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to pray about. Everything that we're anxious for. It's not unspiritual at all. It's what God commands us to do. Think about the other place in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about prayer. It's in chapter 7. Starting in verse 7, here's what he says. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he won't give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? If something is good to have, then it's good to ask for. We have a good Father. You, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Are you better than him? Better than our Father in heaven. So pray. 
Pray for your money. Pray for your health. Pray for your children's health. Pray for your car and your house and your job. Whatever you're anxious about, pray. Our Father in heaven knows how to give good gifts to his children. And when we ask him, it glorifies him. It shows him, it shows everyone, it shows us. We know where these things come from. We know that he's good and that he loves to give good gifts to his children. But what does Jesus say? He says, you do not have because you do not ask. We honor God as a good father when we ask. We honor him as the source of all good things when we ask. We honor him as the one who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy, not when we think we're more spiritual than he is, but when we ask. We ask. So ask. Now, here's the rest of the story. I've been talking about the fact that we need to pray for our physical needs, like daily bread. It's a placeholder for your physical needs. And I think we need to grow in our faith in that area of prayer. I think we always do. But none of what I've said denies the other side. Asking for our daily bread comes in the context of asking for God's name to be exalted and glorified, for his kingdom to come. His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? So in other words, you could take what I've said about praying for physical things, you could rip it out of the rest of this prayer and become a prosperity gospel peddler. Right? The only thing that matters is your money and your health and your job and your car and your house. No. Where else does Jesus talk about things like food and clothing? It's in the passage that Max read, Pastor Carell read just a second ago. In Matthew 6, after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus talks again about daily bread, right? Look at what it says. I'm going to read it again so you hear it in this context. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father 
your heavenly Father, your Father who is in heaven, feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can end it? It could add a single hour to his life. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith, do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows that you need these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that wonderful for us to hear right now? <clears throat> so you see, your, your heavenly Father knows what you need. He knows that you need food. He knows that you need clothing. He, this, that's how he made you. He made you to need food. He made you to need clothing. This is no surprise to him. He knows what you need, so don't worry. Don't be consumed with the pursuit of these things. The pagans do that. The pagans have to be consumed with all of these things. Why? Because they're orphans without a father. They're on their own. but not you. You have a father who sees, a father who knows, who cares about you more than he cares about the birds and the flowers. And it's not just that he cares, but he cares and he does. He provides us with everything we need. So what does that mean? What, what does that mean that you can spend your life pursuing, right? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so Jesus teaches us to pray about our food, but he couches that in a prayer about his kingdom, your kingdom come, and his righteousness, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And if that's what you seek, if that's what you pursue, then the most natural thing in the world is for you to pray for your daily bread. Not to fret about it, not to be anxious about it, not to be consumed with what you will consume, but to ask and to seek and to knock and to find your Father in heaven who's good, who knows what you need, who cares for you, who's able to actually give it to you, you'll find him supplying you with everything that you need. We need to hear this. We need to hear this now. Because it's so easy to be anxious, isn't it? 
What do you do when you're anxious? How many times does Jesus tell us not to be anxious over and over again? So what do we do when, when we're anxious? Your anxiety, my anxiety, is like a red light on, on your dashboard. I'm anxious. I'm anxious. What do I do when I see it? Pray. Pray. About everything. Whatever it is you're anxious about. That's what the Apostle Paul says. Whatever it is you're anxious about. Pray about it. And ask. Don't get more spiritual than Jesus and say, no, 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 he would never care about that. No, he cares about it. He cares about all of it. That's our Heavenly Father. He loves us. He knows what we need before we ask him. And he loves for us to ask him. So ask. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, let's pray. Father, would you please help us to be humble enough to ask for even the simplest things of life that we need. Help us not to be proud, so proud that we can't ask. And so... Um, so proud in our spirituality that we think we shouldn't. But help us to call on you, our Father who gives us everything we need, who loves to give us everything we need. Help us, Lord, with our children, help our children to know that they can ask God about anything, to come to him and to pray. And I, I do pray, Lord, that you would strengthen our faith and provide us with what we need, keep us healthy, Keep us well. I pray, Lord, for those whose uh, jobs are shaky, who's, who, where they, they, they don't know where they're going to get the means to pay for their needs, Lord. I pray that you would give them what they need. Help us to trust you in that. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.